It's crunch time on your Saturday. Adrian Prezenko, Scotty Sattler, I'm Joel Kane, And, uh, boys, we are here for Azito. Powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings. And before you dig, don't dig blind. Search before you dig online every time. Now, gentlemen, we've spoken about South Sydney and the Bulldogs. Well, let's uh-huh. go to the Bulldogs blow up. Before we do so, here's a lot. In fact, uh, we won't do that. Um... AP, you've been across a fair bit of this, mm. the Bulldogs, their scenario. It's a real prickly one because you've got mental health issues to factor in. You've got, yep. you know, have they been too light? Have they gone too hard, the Bulldogs? What's your sort of thoughts here? It's a really hard one because unless you're actually in the room during the incident, you don't know, right? And we've spoken to people who've been in the room and they've said, some have said, like, mate, this is a case of, Someone needed to be punished and like, we are, we're too soft. We need to have stricter protocols. We need to pull up our socks. And other people have said it wasn't cool. Like it wasn't, it wasn't good to see the player put in that position. Mm. And it's a really fine line between punishment. And then it's almost like a code red where you're hazing someone. And I'm not suggesting that that was the case. Cause again, I wasn't there and I don't know, but clearly I understand where Cameron Serraldo is coming from as well, because They've been terrible this year. Yeah. Like, this is a team that's welcomed Reed Marnie, Viliami, Kikau, and Ryan Sutton, and it's gone backwards. Yep. And, you know, I, I know Cameron Serraldo, he's the hottest thing. And Matt Burton. Yeah, and Matt Burton's there. And all of those senior players have probably been the ones that have been underperforming. Like, as their performances come off a cliff, like, as the season has progressed. And they have now let in 735 oh. points this year. That's the 19th worst in NRL era history. And if they let in another 40 or, you know, today, like they've been averaging 35 per game. If they do that again, they'll climb to about 12th on the list. And there's a chance that could happen against the Gold Coast. Too. Well, my, my numbers, boys, uh, so you say 35 for the year. Is that the number? I think that's, yeah. that's, yeah. Their last 10 games, that's escalated to 41 points a game oh, as an average. Yuck. For 10 games. That's, that's not a low base. That's and you're 10 not getting games. the wooden spoon with that. 41 points a game. Wow. Can, the, the, look, for me, there's there's a whole raft of issues at that club, right? And I think chief among them is, and they've they've had about three or four years to get this right, they haven't got a halfback. Yeah. Mm. So they've had... There's not a lot that, out there. That, well, that's exactly mm. right. So they, they had a little crack at Moses, and then they, they put out a Mitch Moses. They've been sort of flirting with Ben Hunt. They had a sly little go at Cam Munster. Um, they sort of went cold on Jaden Sullivan. In the end, they got Toby Sexton, and he's done an okay job. But again, he sort of feels like a stopgap. He's not going to be the guy that you know drives you into a final series and, and far beyond. So you know, it's great that they're getting Stephen Crichton, but I just see them signing player after player after player, and they still haven't got a, a, a recognised halfback. And it was apparent a long time ago that Kyle Flanagan wasn't going to be that guy. Well, they, they, they signed him three years ago, and, and his cards have been marked for a long time. And I'm just thinking, well, you're sort of doing all of these cosmetic things around the edges. You have to either buy one or develop one. You need a number seven that can steer that ship Do you around. know what? I'd, if I was the, the Bulldogs, and he's not a recognised number seven, but he's going to Newcastle next year, and they're going to have a plethora of, of depth around their halves with, with Gamble and... And Hastings and Coggers going there. Coggers going there. Yep. And, and Phoenix Crosland, when Braley's back, will probably be a, be a bit of a utility, backup half, backup hooker. And, but they've also signed young Will Price, the son of Leon Price. St. Helens. 
Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Good player. Very good. He's only 21 years of age. Very good, young, quick player. Leon was at St. Helens, wasn't he? Yeah, so he was the outside back was yep. at 5'8". Yes, star player for England. Yeah, he was. So I'd be going to his management and I'd be going to the Knights and saying, hey, have you got a place for him? Yep. When you signed him, was he just going to be a, a development player for you? If not, what about if we take him off your, hand, off your hands for two years and see how we go? Love yeah, that. I, I mean, I'm just looking at sort of the, the sorts of players that they're buying and, you know, uh, it seem to be a lot of speculative purchases. Like Bronson Jerry, like could be outstanding, but, you know, hasn't played for four mm, years because yep. of the, the drugs dramas. Like I just see them, they've churned through a lot of players, a lot of, a lot of come, a lot of gone. I know that there's about three or four that they've earmarked. They said, your cards are marked. You're not doing what we want from you. And even though you're contracted, you know, if we can push you out in the off season and, and get some spots free, they will. But it's like these these are guys that they've only signed recently. Like they've made mis- some some pretty bad recruitment uh, mistakes in in a short period of time. I've got to say, I do like Cameron Seraldo's approach, but I do like it, and it's going to either make him, yep, or it's going to break him, like Michael Maguire, the West Tigers, where I, I like this. I know that phrase that keeps getting used: the line in the sand. The sort of person we want here, the sort of player we want here is someone who's willing to work hard, knows their role, and it's not its not a dictatorship. It is in a sense, but sometimes you've got to do that to be able just to sort out the wheat from the chaff. And I like the approach he's taking at the moment. Like I said, in this day and age of the sort of athlete that we've got, it'll either make Cameron Seraldo or it'll it'll break him. Well, what you're talking about, like, he's obviously had great success at the Panthers, and he, he built the Panthers' war. He was the defensive mm. coach for a long time, and now he's overseeing one of the worst defences of all time. And on the flip side of that, you've got Andrew Webster, who was the attacking coach, yes. who has transformed the, the yeah. Warriors into a wall of defence. Yes. But, but you talk about culture, and at the good clubs, I, I'd suggest it's probably player-led. And you talked about Penrith, and you've got your, your Lulwais, your Clearies, mm. your Fisher-Harris's, Isaiah Yeos. Whereas some of the senior players at Canterbury haven't been playing up to their paycheck lately. Correct. And, and then that probably reflects on the training paddock. Boys, I caught up on Tuesday night with a mate I hadn't seen for 18 months. And he's regarded as one of the best SAS men we've ever had in this country, right? And I was asking him a question about the selection course. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, yeah, typically like there's about 160, but there's a lot to happen before you get to that 160 who would go for the SAS selection course, and they land on about two dozen by the end of it. And I said, how do you um, select or get selected, you know? Like, it must be hard with all these willing sort of uh, people. And he, and he said, well, first and foremost, you can't tell. You know when you go to a job interview and you pick a, somebody to work for you, he said, you can't actually tell who's going to make it because you don't ever know the desire inside someone. So I said, well, is it tough deciding upon who – ultimately get selected. He said, no, it's not. It's one of the most easiest selections in history. I said, why? He said, because quite often people deselect themselves. Mm. So you don't have to select anyone. They've already mm. unsubscribed themselves. You know, the superstar never makes it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So there's a really good graph about yep. the person you can trust over the person who's the superstar, and they work out at this, this metric, yep. which yep. is usually the one the kid that, or the the adult that's flying under the radar, yes, that has never been a superstar in Correct. anything, yeah. And this is why I think it's a great disadvantage where someone like a Josh Schuster, and everyone's going, oh, they're ba- they're almost bagging him. He's getting that much money, and this is what he's giving. 
My pushback is he's given you what he's always given. That's him. He mm. He's had, which in many ways is a detriment, he's had life so easy, Schuster, given his God-given gifts as an athlete, where he would have made every single team yep. without having to push himself like every other player. And I've used this story many times where Danny Badiris was on the bench of an under-16s rep team, a very ordinary rep team. So he's had to graft, 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 which makes you as the person. So for me, it's Schuster's not the one to blame about the $800,000. It's the people who were wanting to sign him mm, at that. Exactly, yeah. Well, well, the Bulldogs is a club that for many years and for many reasons have, has had a very short-term mentality. And we talked about at the Tigers where you can't change the board, whereas at the Bulldogs, they've got an election cycle where – they, their card-carrying members can affect change, you know, every yeah. every February, every second February. So a lot of the time, like you know, obviously Cameron Serrato is in a five-year deal, and he can take as much comfort as as he can out of having whatever that's worth in the NRL. Yes, but if all of a sudden there aren't results, then guys like Phil Gould and and Cameron Serrato, they'll their their heads will roll because the the members will say we're not seeing improvement, things haven't changed. We want a board that's going to start again, and we've seen already. I think there's been like two or th- in the last five years we've had like two boardroom coups for yes. want, mm-hmm. want of a better word. So all the time people are making short term decisions about next season. They're not thinking two or three seasons ahead. Bulldogs are going to have to bite down because they've got a lot of work to do. Boys, a lot of people. I'm not yet sold on the selling of the idea of Burton at six. Toby Sexton's more than capable. Burton's more than capable in the halves, in my opinion. If if I asked you this point blank and said, okay, if you had to do a heat map of where tries are scored across the whole National Rugby League, where, where would you say? Would you say it, it would be largely dominated by the flanks, so the wingers and the centres? And Would you say that's where most tries would be scored in the it, NRL? It's defence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That that just makes sense, right? Yep. That's that's where yep. the top try scorers are generally wingers. Yep. Um. That that's what happens there. So in that regard, the Dragons have the worst left side in the competition, having conceded fifty two tries, which is a lot of tries. The Gold Coast Titans have the worst right side, having conceded forty one tries. The Bulldogs have the worst amount of conceded tries in the middle. Mm. 50 tries. That's a lot. It's concerning, isn't it? 50? Yeah. So so the Dragons are the worst in the comp on the left, and that is 52 tries. The Bulldogs have conceded 50 tries through the middle. So for me, their middle and forward pack is a major problem. Not Mm. connected. You've got multiple defenders standing shoulder to shoulder. Um, If you miss a tackle, there's usually someone there to clean it up. In the centres and – that halves centre wing position, hardest place to defend. Of course it is. Yeah. So, so if they've let in 50 tries through mm. the middle of the field, yep. 50, then maybe Burton and, and Sexton haven't really had a proper go behind a decent pack. The, the other thing is when you think about Canterbury culture and which modern player best epitomises that, I think of Josh Reynolds. And I think part of the reason why Cameron Serraldo initially at the start of the year said you can come on a $1,000 training trial deal is because he wanted to instill that Canterbury DNA, the the family club, this is what we do. Um, You push your body to the absolute limit. And that's what Josh has has done until, unfortunately, his body couldn't handle it anymore. So at about mid-season, he's had to prematurely retire. And 
I, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but their resolve has really fallen off a cliff since then. Mm. Got a text here from four eight. Uh, was it uh, one eight th- eight one three? Sorry, Toby's fine. Burton's not a five eighth. He's a centre. And even though he was a five eighth growing up, it's different when you get into the NRL. Alex Johnston was an amazing fullback coming through the ranks, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a fullback. At NRL level, yeah, Matty Burton was great at five eight through the junior reps. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think he's a thirteen or a th- or a three. Yeah. So so the Bulldogs pulled out of the race for Mitch Moses early doors because mm. they spent five hundred k as a transfer fee to get Carlo Luapu out of Brisbane, thinking he he's going to be our long term number seven. He gets here, and then they decide, well, actually, he's probably going to be a back rower. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean, again, there's a lot of decisions being made. But but they just haven't addressed the key one. Where's your number seven? I would be throwing Oluwapu at six, but for now, mm. for now, before until his body matures and gets, he's able to take the rigors of a number thirteen jersey, where your work like, work rate is far greater than what you're going to have to what you're going to be asked to do in the six in the seven. Um, I'd I'd definitely play him in the six jersey for now. I'd put Burton at, in the centres, and. Um, so, and well, later on in his career, I think he'll move into the 13. Canterbury Fords, this is only their last game against Manly. Here's the run meters. Max King, 100. That's okay. Um, Liam Knight, 74. Kikau, 93. Harrison Edwards, 52. Thompson, 92. Pangai Jr., 74. Um, it's pretty ordinary. It, it, mm. The only one who – Corey Waddell, 180. He had an absolute crack. But I, I honestly think the problem for Canterbury before we make huge judgment upon Burton and Sexton is the bloody forwards. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and again, like, we, we talk about culture. So, so Cam Serraldo, when last year when he was with the Panthers, he's good at bringing in a theme and getting players to buy in around it. And it was that Top Gun theme, and mm. like Maverick and Goose and you know, yep. all that stuff. So at the start of this season, he had this thing. When training starts, he'd get the players to wheel in this big, television set, like an old school, one you'd see in a museum, like, you know, the big cathode ray yeah, yeah, rank yeah. arena ones. And inside it was plastered with all of the principles and standards and non-negotiables. Um, and, it, you know, like, you know, you turn up early, you train hard, you do this, all that sort of stuff. And they've been doing that. But I don't think anyone's watching that TV at the moment. Like, no. <laughs> like, like clearly, like, and I know he's trying to get them to, to get around a theme or an idea. But it just seems like they haven't embraced that. Yeah. No, they're on a highway to the danger zone. I'll give you that much. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I'm breaking back with more.